The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Got uh, two really top people as guests that are very enthusiastic about their uh, way in the game, shall I say. Uh, Brian Zipsy. Uh, we've had him on before, as you know, he's the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation, which is uh, currently the fastest growing racing news site on the internet. He also authors a daily column as Zipsy at the Track, or Z-A-T-T for short. Uh, he's also involved with the management of Derby Wars, an online handicapping tournament site. And uh, we're going to kind of go all over the place, coast to coast, uh, out of Del Mar. It's the Clement L. Hirsch Beholder versus the World. And then we'll make our way uh, across the country to the Mountaineer Park, the $750,000 West Virginia Derby. Brought together a really evenly matched field coming in from all over the place. Looking forward to that. And then at uh, Saratoga, we've got two really tough races on Saturday. Uh, the uh, fastest horses in the East will be going to post in the sixth furlong Alfred Vanderbilt handicap. And then, of course, uh, prep for the Travers. It's the three-year-olds going in the mile and an eighth, Jim Dandy. And that looks like one Jim Dandy of a field. And then uh, following our visit with Brian, uh, we're going to have the chance uh, to talk to uh, Nancy LaSala, who's the board president of the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund, the PDJF as it's known. And, of course, they're having events all across the country. Hopefully you can get to a track where they're going to be having uh, some, of the, uh, some of the fun events and some of these great auctions that are going to happen. Uh, I'm going to tell you about a few of the items that we're going to have here at uh, Belterra Park that you might want to get out and bid on, including the halter worn by Silver Charm when he first arrived in the United States from Japan. My good friend Michael Blowen decided to put that into the auction. I thank him very much. Got out to see Silver Charm yesterday down in Kentucky, and they had him all dialed up for me to take some photos, and as soon as I got there... He just rolled in a mud puddle. Well, what else is new? <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll be having uh, Nancy LaSalle on to talk to us about uh, the different uh, PDJF events that are they're going to be going on from coast to coast. I uh, hope you uh, pulled down your easy win forms, had a couple big ones this week. How about this at Del Mar? A 50-cent Super 5 key returned 27000 $369. On the other coast, Saratoga had a $1 super that paid $9,969. Also at the spa, 
a $1 pick for $3,309. Let's not forget our neighbors to the south at Evangeline, a 50-cent pick five, $2,676. You want to pull them down, get your easy win form at Winning Ponies. All right, let's take a look at uh, the uh, the week in action, things that have happened of, of interest. Of course, uh, we lost another three-year-old to retirement. Carpe Diem, the bluegrass winner, was retired due to a knee chip. Uh, he's going to enter stud next year at Windstar Farm near Versailles, Kentucky. Of course, uh, he won the... Uh, Breeders Futurity and the Bluegrass at Keeneland, both Grade 1s uh, and the Grade 2 Tampa Bay Derby. He's a son of Giants Causeway uh, out of an unbridled little song mare, so you know that uh, he will be of value. Uh, he was a standout, I can tell you that. I got to photograph this horse uh, at a couple of tracks and... Uh, like they said, Carpe Dames as good as any young horse Windstar has ever been involved with. And, uh, of course, bittersweet when they had to retire him. But uh, the thing is, he's a very exciting stallion prospect. So Carpe Diem to the sidelines and to the stud barn. Well, we know American Pharaoh is now in New Jersey. He was giving a uh, police escort uh, from the airport when he got there. Uh, but before he went there... Man, did he have a nice work at Del Mar. A large group of spectators came out, worked six furlongs in 111 flat. Now, the track had been very dull, so that was a very good work for that son of Pioneer of the Nile. Went out in 12 and 2, 24 flat, 36 and 1, 58 and 4 fifths. Uh, I don't know about you, but I got a feeling the Haskell's somewhat of a walkover. We'll talk to Brian about that, but uh, it looks like uh, Upstart is probably uh, the main foe for American Pharaoh. Uh, they did uh, select post positions today. Uh, of course, they upped the purse to get them there, $1.75 million, and uh, Upstart, they're saying, might be the upsetter. He was installed at 6-1. to one. Linemaker Brad Thomas made American Pharaoh the one to five favorite. No big surprise in there. So, uh, according to uh, Bafford, he says that the Haskell is the fourth jewel of the Triple Crown. So, uh, don't forget that race is on Sunday, not on Saturday. Uh, we do have a schedule now for uh, another champion, and that is Untappable. Uh, they weren't sure where they were going to go. Steve Asmussen says she's going to run the champion Sunday in the Grade 3 Shoe V Handicap at Saratoga. He says she's kind of cooled down. She's less aggressive. Uh, you may not see her fighting for the uh, the front end. But uh, like he does say, he says Untappable is going to have to carry 123 pounds with Johnny V up. She's spotting the rest of the field. Three to nine pounds, which uh, Asmussen was not really happy about. And he saw, well, <laughs> we saw how well that worked out for Judy the Beauty. I don't know if you're watching or not, but Judy the Beauty was a 124-pound high weight on Wednesday in the grade two honorable mistakes and ended up finishing third behind La Verdad. Um, some very tragic news in the racing world and getting prayers out for Oriana Rossi. She underwent seven hours of what they're saying was successful spinal surgery. 
a week ago today at the Indiana University Healthcare. Uh, two other jockeys went down with her. They say her spinal cord was not severed. So uh, we're going to put prayers out to her. I know she was having trouble uh, getting feeling in the lower part of her body. Uh, Tim Glyshaw and a whole group of horsemen from Indiana Grand are doing a great job of kind of uh, making sure that somebody's with her all the time. Uh, she, uh, you know, was just, I don't know if you've ever met her, but she's just a marvelous person with a great smile. And uh, it looks like uh, the other jockeys uh, will be out for brief periods of time, but nothing uh, as serious uh, as uh, Oriana. As you recall, last October it was at Indiana Grand where Apprentice Juan Saez suffered his fatal injury in a spill. Uh, hey, good news, Lady Eli. Looks like she's moving forward. She's progressing in her battle to overcome a case of laminitis right after she won the Grade 1 Belmont Oaks on the 4th of July. According to Chad Brown, she's doing terrific. A team of vets have examined her again Tuesday. They felt she was moving great considering the circumstances. If you laid out the best possible scenario considering what she went through when the first struck her, this was the best scenario. So keep your fingers crossed. Love to see her get back in training. Obviously, he doesn't have any solid uh, timetable for her. Well, people scratching their head about this one. Uh, Kent DeSormo failed a breathalyzer at Del Mar, and he was taken off his final two mounts yesterday, but then was allowed to ride again today. And uh, so basically what he said was that uh, he... I proved the breathalyzer was tampered by carbonated water he was drinking. Uh, uh, he did kind of a test for everybody today where he blew in and, and had a zero and then all of a sudden drank the carbonated water that he had the day prior and blew a .02. So uh, he uh, had uh, four mounts at Del Mar on Thursday. Uh, he's supposed to go to the East Coast to ride Texas Red in the Jim Dandy and Keen Ice in the Haskell. And so far it looks like he will honor those commitments. Uh, due to some legal technicalities, one-fifth of Curlin had to be sold, and the going price, not too bad, $6.2 million. It looked like Hillendale Equine Holdings and Elevage 2 purchased that 20% share in Curlin. Uh, he as you may know, was owned by a group of attorneys that are since spending a lot of time in jail uh, because of uh, FenFen, the diet drug. Okay, let's move on to some of last week's results. I want to thank Tom Law for being on with us, the man from Saratoga. At action starting on Friday, the Schuylerville, it was off the track. Second-time starter under Louis Saez getting her second straight win. Again, this is two-year-old fillies. Running second was a horse I like, Banry, a filly that had run twice but never had run against girls. And in the third spot was decked out. So uh, very interesting. We got a little shake up there in the horses that they thought uh, were going to be the standout fillies off the tracks paying $19.60. Okay, then at the spa, it was the grassy Lake George Stakes, and the winner in there, long shot that I liked, Mrs. McDougal, horse that sold for $450,000. As you recall, there were two horses that had shipped all the way over to Santa Anita for the American Oaks. She was one of them. Mrs. McDougal 
got the job done. And running second, the other American Oaks horse, Feathered, uh, ran in second. Third spot at 19 to 1, it was Cara Marie. Then on to Saturday, the Sanford two year old boys. Interesting race. Uh, the the order of finish at first was four eleven ten, which was Magna Light, Uncle Vinny, and Percolator. But uh, Magna Light took a left hand whip and made a right hand turn, uh, ducked out, and then when they changed the stick, came back in, causing the problem. So the official order of finish. Uncle Vinny, a Todd Pletcher trainee, gets the job done, and that was the horse that Tom Law picked for us. Sent away at four to one, paid ten dollars, put in a big rally. You're going to watch this colt, a son of Uncle Mo. In the second spot, moved up, Percolator, and then Magnolite, who was off at thirteen to one, going to have to race a little less greenly next time. Was placed third in the Grade Three Sanford. Then in the Grade One Diana. Johnny V, what a great week he had. He was named Jockey of the Week by the Jockeys Guild. Hard not to like, put in a huge finish, huge enough to record a new track record in the Diana Stakes. Grade one, half a million dollars. In second was Tom Picks, uh, Tempin, and third spot was Kitten's Queen, who was supposed to be the rabbit for Stephanie's Kittens. Kitten's Queen led most of the race, didn't set it up for Stephanie's kitten, but did end up running third in the grade one Diana herself. Those were the races that we handicapped. A uh, Real quick, uh, the uh, Prince of Wales Stakes, which is kind of the second jewel of the Triple Crown up in Canada. Uh, the, the winner in there was Breaking Lucky, a Reed Baker trainee. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, Brian Zipke is going to help us break down the action and talk a little bit about Horse Racing Nation and what's happening with him. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. 
Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, now let's talk with one of the good guys in the game, Brian Zipsy. He has a passion for the game, and it shows he puts a lot of work into it. Currently the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation, which they say is the fastest-growing news site on the Internet. Also authors a daily column as Zipsy at the Track, or Z-A-T-T for short. Um, also is involved with Derby Wars. And something I've, I've been missing is a new... I shouldn't say new, because just because I haven't seen it, but a, uh, a replay show that he puts on every week. So, uh, Brian, welcome back to Winning Ponies. John, it's always good to be here. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm kind of pumped. Uh, we've, we're going to have uh, a PDJF fundraiser uh, here on Saturday. Uh, Nancy LaSalle is going to follow you. But uh, yesterday I went down and I got the halter at Silver Charm War when he came off the plane from Japan. And I went out there to take pictures of him. They had him all done up. But, of course, before I got my camera out, he managed to find the only mud puddle in the paddock, do a nice roll. And needless to say, Michael Blowen was great. So I think that ought to really, uh, really help the auction. Uh, also have a signed Belmont Stakes program. So hopefully we can get some money for, for, for the jacks out there that do such a tough job. How things going with you? Uh, that, that, first off, that sounds good, and that little bit of extra dirt on the halter probably only makes it more valuable since, you know, Silver Charm uh, got it there. Uh, great cause, so good luck with that, John. John, I'm doing really well. Uh, I wish I had a few more winners recently. I've, I've been on the wrong end of some of those uh, head-bobbing uh, finishes, as you, as you know happens from now, uh, now and again, but uh, right back up on the saddle for a great weekend of racing uh, and, and hopefully picking some winners here. Well, uh, t- tell me about uh, y- y- your replay show, because I love replay shows. It gives me a lot of insight. Sometimes I get so busy at the track. I, you know, so many races, and I hate the way this happens in our nation, uh, race right on top of one another. I wish there was a racing czar that, that would stop that. So recap shows are great. Uh, tell us about yours and where we go to get it. Well, it's, uh, it's relatively new. Uh, my partner, uh, Matt Schiffman, and I on Horse Racing Nation have been doing it uh, less than a year, John. And it, it's, it's a recap show, but it's a preview show, but it's a, it's a theme of what's going on in the sport kind of show. So you're never quite sure exactly what you're going to get. I don't want people to think that they're going to come to Horse Center and they'll just see the... Uh, the stakes uh, races recapped every week. But what we try to do is we try to touch on the biggest stories. Uh, it's a video show. Uh, Matt and I are uh, Skyped in, and we uh, have it produced in-house at Hor- Horse Racing Nation. Really fun. We have a lot of fun with it. And uh, we've been getting super feedback lately, so I think we're doing a, a pretty good job with it. Sometimes we give you winners. Sometimes we look back at what happened. Uh, this week, for instance, we're we're really excited, of course, about American Pharaoh's return. So we're talking about American Pharaoh and then all the other really good three-year-olds that are running in kind of a crazy weekend, John, with uh, four stakes races for three-year-old Colts all within three days. It, it is. They're, they're all over, over the place. Well, uh, I know that uh, with, with horse racing uh, nation, uh, you, you stay pretty busy uh, and you cover all the top stories so you're you're on top of what's going on uh this week for sure uh and uh it, you you pretty much go everywhere you you post video uh you've you've got updated stories uh you some that i just covered like untappable uh and stop charging maria set to do battle in the shoe v and uh the fact that uh, 
one of the races we won't be looking at, but uh, you covered the uh, the Bowling Green up at the, up at Saratoga, and so it's just it's uh, covered with all kinds of news, uh, racing, um, and it, you really stay up up to date. I mean, do you have a, a staff, or you just not sleep? <laughs> I, I don't sleep all the time, but uh, no, we we have a growing staff. Uh, we're we're lucky enough to have bloggers all over the country. Uh, we've we've been around just about five years now doing horse racing nation. John, I really appreciate the uh, the the compliments there. Uh, what we try to do is is we're we're trying to bring a site that's very fan friendly. We're not trying to be blood horse. We're not trying to be a daily racing form. Uh, we're trying to bring a site to to bring new fans in to educate fans maybe that that haven't. Uh, haven't been at fans as long or, or maybe with all this American Pharaoh excitement, they want a new place a little bit more uh, what they're used to as far as technology and, and ease of clicking through. Plus we have just a, a, an amazing database of horses going back uh, forever. So it, it's really a, it's really a cool site. It's, it's a, it's a news slash fan site. It's, it's, I think, I think what we're really starting to hit on, John, is we're starting to become a site that the seasoned veterans like you and I love to go to for information, but also the newer fans that, uh, you know, want to see, uh, the, the new, the new horse that got them interested in racing, news about them. The show that I was talking about before is Horse Center. You can always find that, uh, within the blogs or up on the top stories there of Horse Racing Nation. But, uh, yeah, Horse Racing Nation, I've been there uh, almost since the beginning, and frankly, I couldn't be happier that I, that I landed at HorseRacingNation.com. Well, you can, you can tell by your voice you're enthusiastic about, about what it is you do, and that's what we need is ambassadors of the sport. And, and, it, and let's face it, it can be an intimidating sport, and we need people to kind of hold people's hand, kind of continue to be excited and to bring the excitement to them. And like I said, uh, Horse Racing Nation, all you got to do is, is pull it up and the stories just fly by, uh, you know, Rachel's girl, uh, the new Prince of Fort Erie with the upset uh, in the Prince of Wales stakes, and it just it just moves on like that. I like your headline, he's a sure thing, because I do think that American Pharaoh is a sure thing in the Haskell on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's one of the fun things about my job, John. I get to, with those uh, top story headlines, I get to, uh, I get to write the little, uh, the little short ones that end up uh, scrolling across the top there. So it's kind of fun. Uh, he's a sure thing. Of course, talking about the Jersey Shore, but also, uh, yeah, who who is gonna beat American Pharaoh? It hasn't happened since his uh, debut race. He's he's just decimated his competition at seven straight stakes races since that losing maiden uh, debut performance last summer. Uh, I sure don't think, he, you know, I did, I, I will be honest. I actually tried to beat him a few times along the way, uh, looking for a, looking for some value, looking for some odds. And, you know, I, I learned my lesson and I just, I got to appreciate this horse more and more. I was lucky enough to be around and see those triple crowns in the 70s, uh, as I'm sure you were with Secretariat and Seattle Flu and Affirmed. And a lot of these horses that won two legs of the triple crown, John, I got to tell you, I, I wasn't thrilled that they were on the verge of becoming a triple crown because I didn't think they were quite worthy of what we saw back in the 70s. All, the, all those great horses, of course, Secretariat right. being the the greatest of all, but now American Pharaoh's come along and I, I was, I was waiting to see if he's, if he's really worthy. And then when I was uh, uh, sitting in the stands there at Belmont park and watching the Belmont stakes, all doubt was removed from my mind. He's a special horse. 
the way he's bounced back since the triple crown just looks amazing. He's he's going to be awfully tough to beat. Uh, it, it's going to take a a real strange happenstance uh, on Sunday at Monmouth Park to see him lose. I absolutely agree. Well, uh, I guess what I have read is that uh, Upstart's probably going to scratch from the Jim Dandy and go over there. You've got to admit, uh, with the purse they're putting up there, even running for second money <laughs> is going to be a very profitable day for somebody. Yeah, $1.75 million. Actually, the, the second-place money in the Haskell is more than winning the Jim Dandy. So you can see that, you know, uh, no harm done to your reputation by running second to American Pharoah, of course, in the Haskell. And you win no. more money than winning the Jim Dandy anyway. So, yeah, why not? That's, absolutely. Well, listen, we're coming towards the bottom of the hour, so l- let's take one of the races that I think of the ones we've picked, which are some tough ones. Uh, might be the easier one to handicap, and that's out at Del Mar, uh, the, the Clement Hirsch, the grade one. I mean, it, let's face it, uh, Beholder, she's going to have some speed to go with her. There's no doubt about that, but I think the race is for place. Yeah, John, I, I want I wanted to give uh, your listeners some odds here, some horses that uh, can win and, and actually pay a, a solid payout for the win price and maybe a nice exactor or get some exotic, real big exotic action here. But the Haskell and the Clement Hirsch, I, I, don't, I don't really see it. I, I'm rooting. You know, these, these are races where I'm a fan, and I want to see the great American Pharaoh do his thing. And, of course, Beholder's just been a wonderful mare for three years now. Uh, she's a little lightly raced this year, but she looks as good as ever in the two races she's run. She doesn't need to lead. She can, she can kind of sit, and, uh, and, and if anybody wants to run fast with her, she can sit and wait and then just pounce on them. And uh, I don't expect her to lose. Warren's Veneta's run some good races this year, but she really was no match for Beholder this uh, last time. I don't expect, unless Beholder really has an off day, that uh, this field can touch her in the Hirsch. No, and I, and I love the fact that that she's a five-year-old mare and Spencer kept her in training. Obviously, they'll be having her babies bred to one of their fantastic stallions someday down the line for sure. But, yeah, it, it'll be a fun race to watch. That'll be at uh, 540 uh, Pacific time, uh, and that is on Saturday. They take a long time to draw out there, but finally, finally got the PPs. Well, here's what I want to do. Uh, Michael, my producer, uh, we're probably going to take a quick little break here because we got three races to look at when we come back. We're talking to Brian Zipsky. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Brian Zipsy of Horse Racing Nation and Horse Center. And uh, we're going to do a little handicapping right now. We've kind of mentioned the stars in the first half. American Pharaoh and Beholder, I think, are both going to stand outs and both uh, will end up being champions in their own right. Uh, let's go to a race that's drawn a really interesting field. You've got to go to Mountaineer Park for the West Virginia Derby. It's a grade two, but they toss out 750000 in addition to other stakes races on the card. And this has brought together a very interesting field. Uh, even Jerry Hollendorfer from the West Coast is coming in with Mike Smith. But you got horses coming in from Mammoth, Thistledown, uh, Belmont, uh, you know, in addition to Santa Anita, uh, Prairie Meadows, a very, very interesting group, um, and it, it's kind of a large field. I'm just going to quick throw out three names that kind of caught my name handicapping-wise, and that's Iron Fist, I think an improving Tappet Colt that might like a mile and an eighth, also cost $1.5 million, must be a looker. Bent on Bourbon, who stretched out very nicely for Eddie Keneally in the Iowa Derby, and another horse that might like to go that mile and an eighth, and then made for lucky a horse we know can go a mile and an eighth because he's won two times at the distance including the peter pan if he can put a line through his belmont he'll be dangerous yeah john i think you hit on three uh very live horses but uh talk about a wide open race you mentioned three i could mention three more and we still probably haven't even talked about my top pick for the west virginia derby and uh, yeah, as stubborn as I may be, this is a horse that I, I bet on all through the fairground series uh, this year, the Kentucky Derby preps down in New Orleans, and he didn't win one of them. He ran well in all of them. I'm talking about War Story. Uh, international start beat him three times, much to my dismay down in New Orleans. But I think he might finally get the perfect setup here. Uh, he's listed 12-1 to 1 on the morning line, and he's got the local jock. The, uh, the trainer knows this track well. Uh, War Story should get a lot of speed to run at. He's a rallier. He doesn't need to be too far back. So I think he's one of the ones that could uh, get first run uh, if the uh, speed horses are coming back a little bit. If he's near 12 to 1, uh, I got to like him because, frankly, I think he might be a little bit more classier than Taylor Verve, who was second in the Preakness, uh, made from Lucky, uh, who is the Peter Pan winner, as you mentioned. Definitely threats. But they'll be a lot lower on the odds board, and, and I kind of like War Story better as that as the rallying type in the West Virginia Derby. Well, there's another price horse that that I had mentioned that uh, actually finished ahead of War Story in the Louisiana Derby, and that's Stanford. But what I thought interesting about this horse coming off a winning effort in the ungraded Long Branch, but it's a hundred thousand dollar race for for uh, Todd Pletcher, is that Joe Bravo elected to ride Made from Lucky who he had never ridden, has never ridden before, instead of Stanford. Do you think that's a little bit of a tell there? Uh, it could be a tell, but it also could be a tell that I, I still have a feeling this, uh, this is very kind of wide open with all these cross entries uh, because of the four three-year-old stakes we've talked about. I have a feeling that Stanford's going to run tomorrow at Saratoga. So Pletcher has uh, made from Lucky 
and Tommy Macho, I think, are going to be the two that he does run at West Virginia on Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I, I expect Stanford to be in Saratoga. Pletcher, as, as usual, is not confirming anything, so we're a little left up in the air. But my guess is Stanford is not a runner at West Virginia. Very interesting. Well, I think that might tell us why Joe Bravo's sitting on <laughs> Made from Lucky. He may have been given the inside track and said, uh, you know, look, uh, the one that's more confirmed for the race will probably be made from Lucky. But, again, we're, we're looking at, with that scratch, still a field of 10, all of them coming in with uh, some, some promising talent. Uh, but I think it's going to make for a very, very interesting betting race. Well, the, uh, the up at Saratoga, uh, the Jim Dandy, it'll be the 52nd running, 600,000 on the line, and drew a field of seven. That might be down to a field of six. It leaves me such a head-scratcher with the, some of these great races that, that can't attract a big field, uh, but uh, it's an epidemic across the country. But nonetheless, we're, we're, we're left with uh, two horses, uh, in my opinion, that, that have already uh, established their credentials. Obviously, Texas Red, who won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, Kenta Sormo is due to ride. I hope he doesn't drink any carbonated water before he takes the mount. You may have heard that story already. Uh, riding for his brother, which I think is a very cool story, his brother Keith. I thought he put in a really solid effort in the Dwyer Stakes. I was kind of impressed with that for the layoff that he had uh, since February. And uh, he's definitely going to be a danger in in the Jim Dandy. And then on the outside, you've got Frosted. If you can run second to American Pharaoh, you're good enough for me as long as American Pharaoh isn't in the race. And he really did dance all the big dances. Uh, Everybody remembers uh, the big stretch run that he put in in the Kentucky Derby, uh, which, you know, people were saying he was the biggest threat to American Pharaoh for an upset in the Belmont if you had to write a story that said the American Pharaoh was going to get beat. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's a, a New York-based uh, horse there for the, the Wood Memorial win, uh, going a mile and an eighth, which is the distance of the Jim Dandy. So he's run first and second at a mile and an eighth. I don't know. Th- these two horses seem, Brian, to rise to the top. To me, and I'm not, but I'm not saying there's not some upside to a horse like uh, uh, Japan that looks like he's going in the right direction for Billy Mott. Yeah, and those were the three horses I highlighted. I actually wrote an article today, uh, John, about the Jim Dandy previewing the race, and, and I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, let, let me go as far as to say this: if if there's a three-year-old that wins the Breeders' Cup Classic uh, in a few months down the road, and his name for whatever reason is not American Pharaoh. I think that Frosted or Texas Red are, are the two horses that could do it. Uh, Frosted was terrific in the Triple Crown. Uh, I kind of liked him uh, along the way. And, uh, you know, since McLaughlin, uh, Karen McLaughlin uh, made a lot of changes, he, in the Fountain Youth four starts back, he looked like a sure thing uh, coming into the stretch. He, he made a big move, took over the lead, and he looked like he was going to be home free. And then the wheels fell off, and he actually faded to fourth. It was it was a strange looking performance where it, it it looked like he could win by three four lengths at the top of the stretch. So McLaughlin just changed everything. He he had a little throw procedure uh, to make sure that the uh, uh, that the windpipe wasn't closing on him. Changed jockeys, uh, changed his equipment a little bit, and then right away, boom, he ran a huge race to win the Wood. 
Uh, the Kentucky Derby, of course, as you touched on, he was the only horse to really make a big sustained rally and just missed third. The top three were the top three all the way around in the Derby, of course. And then the Belmont, he ran a heck of a good race where he uh, he was the only one that really made a move on American Pharaoh, and he made Pharaoh uh, ask uh, he made Espinosa ask Pharaoh for something at the top of the stretch of the Belmont. Of course, he didn't. He turned him away rather easily, but still, Frosted was much uh, second best in the Belmont. So he's my top pick in here. Uh, I don't know how much speed there's going to be. You know, you said six. It could be even less because of those cross-entry things. We're still not sure about Tecton, and we're still not sure about Competitive Edge. Uh, they change the uh, dynamic of the race a little bit. They add more speed. If, if somehow we get down to five or even four, it becomes a very much a paceless race. And even there, I think Frosted uh, can stalk and pounce uh, so he's, he's the horse to beat. He'll probably be the favorite. Texas Red, you know, I said he, it, it looked like a good prep, his return race, the Dwyer. But unfortunately for him, I think this might be the same boat, even though this is his second race back now off the layoff. I just feel like without a lot of speed and at nine furlongs, they're really pointing for the Travers still. Not the best spot if you're looking for the winner for Texas Red. So I, I think, again, he'll run a good race, and I think he's a wonderful horse, and I'm really excited to see him at 10 furlongs down the road. Uh, but uh, as far as winning the Jim Dandy, I definitely like Frosted better of the favorites. Japan is extremely interesting to me. Uh, as you said, yeah, as everyone knows, probably Bill Mott's just been red hot uh, at Saratoga so far the, for the first week of the meet. And this is an interesting horse. He was uh, he previously trained by Mike Hushin, who's, who's very sick, uh, uh, diagnosed with leukemia this year. So he went. Uh, he was one of the horses that Barry Schwartz moved around to different trainers. Bill Mott got him, and this horse has just been uh, really developing. He's one of the tallest horses I've seen out at the track this year, just a real tall drink of water, beautiful-looking horse, full brother to Al Kali, who, strangely enough, is running – the nine-year-old full brother is running one race before in the Bowling Green. Really? Uh, so you, got, you got full brothers six years apart running in grade two stakes in consecutive races at Saratoga on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this horse has just gotten much, much better uh, in his last two races. He only, he's only run four times. Huge maiden win at Churchill. And then a very nice, you know, it's a, it was a three-horse race on the easygoer stakes on Belmont Stakes Day. But he really, once he got out of a little two-horse box that he was in, he really rolled late. Uh, so I think he's just going to keep improving, and he might be the second half uh, of the year uh, three-year-old that we usually see this time of year developing. So very interesting Jim Dandy. Uh, I think the winner of the Jim Dandy immediately goes to uh, the, uh, the second-best three-year-old male in the country. Very interesting, and also goes as one of the favorites in the Midsummer Derby, the Traverse Stakes, I'm sure, because once you have an affinity for Saratoga, you really don't lose it. And uh, from there, let's uh, rewind two races before the Jim Dandy, and that's the Alfred Vanderbilt, which may prove to be a Jim Dandy of a race in its own. As I stated earlier in the show, these are the, the, the fastest horses on the East Coast coast there's no doubt about it uh but it's 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 hard to separate a couple of them uh salutos amigos 
who obviously was the darling of the uh, inner track at Aqueduct, has proved to be no slouch after a trip uh, over to Maidan and came back and recorded a 106 buyer in the Mr. Prospector. And uh, talk about a top sprinter has won $582,000 at the six furlong distance. Then they have a little more lightly raced Rock Fall, but has only uh, stepped on his toe one time, and that was in the debut. And since then has been undefeated at six furlongs and brings into this race two 100-plus buyers. The last one, a 110. That's Rockfall out of Pletcher's Barn. And then on the outside, uh, you can't ignore a favorite tail and, and the, the big beast. Uh, the thing a big beast has got going for him, two starts at Saratoga, undefeated. John, you hit it on the head. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the big beast. He's, he's just a... A wonderful, wonderful specimen. He's, if you ever see him in person, you're going to be impressed. I guarantee you. He's, he's a monster. Uh, Saratoga is one of those tracks, whether it be the, the grass, the water, the, the surroundings, or the surface that horses just, just take to, or, or some of them don't, don't improve or, or they don't take to as much. The Big Beast obviously loves Saratoga. He ran two huge sprints there last year, including the, uh, Grade one Kings Bishop where he won two for two at Saratoga. I think he sits a good trip. Uh, favorite tail is not to be trifled with early. He's just one of the fastest horses in the country. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to watch favorite tail out there in the lead. But I think in Rockfall, who I ex- suspect will be the favorite off these huge buyers that you're talking about in this winning streak, I think Rockfall can, can chase him early. And the big beast will be sitting there on the outside ready to pounce. I have great respect for Saludos Amigos. The three other horses in the race are, to tell you the truth, are really good horses. I mean, departing, uh, it, it's just a, a really nice sprint field, probably top to bottom, uh, even though it's not a grade one. Uh, or is the Vanderbilt a grade one? The grade, it is a grade one race, isn't it? It's yes, just it one is. of the. Uh, 350,000. 350,000 grade one. It, it attracted the weakest horse in this field is really good. But uh, I think I think the big B sits the trip. I don't think he'll be lower than the third choice. And horses for courses, I'm going to go with the big beast to stalk and pounce and, and get another win at Saratoga. Well, it, it sure uh, it, it sounds good to me, and I'm sure our, our listeners are saying, "Hey, we got some good betting opportunities out there because uh, the big beast listed at, at at four to one." But like you said, you could certainly make a case for just about a, a, any horse uh, in this field. Now, uh, Brian Zipsy from Horse Racing Nation, um, I know that uh, you're also. Uh, able to get contacted on Facebook and Twitter. Why don't you give people that are listening, because I'm sure after listening to you, they want to follow you a little bit. Uh, how, do they, how do they get a hold of you? How do they follow you? And how do they uh, watch your new replay show? John, I appreciate it. As always, uh, yeah, you can uh, go to horseracingnation.com, all one word, horseracingnation.com. Uh, probably a lot of the listeners uh, are already familiar with the site. Horse Center is the, is the show that I've been talking about. Uh, again, if you look at the blog roll or even the top stories right now, you'll see that is uh, one of the top stories. And usually it's a, a 15 minute or so video show that we do every week, uh, Matt Schiffman and I. Very proud of that. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, by all means, follow me on Twitter. I actually will be, uh, I'll be at the West Virginia Derby on Saturday. I'm going to hightail it to Jersey so I can be 
uh, at the Haskell on Sunday. So I'll be, uh, I'll be talking about some of the horses and hopefully tweeting some pictures as well. Uh, Facebook, if, if, uh, if you're a horse racing fan, you want to, uh, uh, friend me on Facebook, go ahead and do that. Um, I'm always, I'm posting things daily, whether it's on the website or through social media. So I always enjoy meeting new fans and talking horses. Oh, well, you, you, you've done that with us for about a half an hour and, uh, Brian Zipsy, I definitely appreciate it. And as you know, I got all your numbers, so I'll be calling you. You'll be back on the show, my friend. Excellent, John. I, I always enjoy it. Great talking with you, and uh, uh, keep uh, keep uh, hitting those winners for us, huh? Okay. Have a great weekend. It sounds like you're going to no matter what. And again, this weekend, we're talking about going coast-to-coast with a permanently disabled jockey's fund, and we're going to have Nancy LaSala, the board president, coming up right after we take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup travers haskell or your daily races don't worry let winningponies.com make some money for you your internet flagship station for sports Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And Nancy LaSala is back with us, the board president of the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. This is going to be a huge weekend from coast to coast. Uh, she uh, has done an outstanding job, and I talked to several people uh, involved uh, in and around the PDJF, and they say what a hard worker Nancy is, and I appreciate her uh, coming out of physical therapy to join us here tonight. Nancy, how are you feeling? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for working with me on my schedule. I appreciate it. <laughs> Not a problem. Well, obviously preparations are underway for uh, what's the second annual PDJF Day Across America, but I will let you know that between River Downs and Belterra Park, we have never broken the cycle from the Don Macbeth Fund all the way through the PDJF. I think we're the longest continuous running track that has supported both efforts and uh, let you know that we are supporting you again this year, of course. Um, I told the story earlier. My listeners might be bored, but I'm going to let you know. I think I got a couple key items for a silent auction. Yesterday I went down to Georgetown, Kentucky, Old Friends Farm. Michael Blowen gave me the original halter off Silver Charm. 
and I'm going to send that wow. to your people so they can spread the word. If anybody wants to call me and put a bid in, I'll take it and write it down. Uh, so we've got uh, Silver Charms uh, first halter returning from the United States uh, to the United States, and uh, then also Victor Espinosa has been working with us, and I have an autographed copy of the Belmont Stakes Triple Crown Program. I mean, you want to talk about a collectible? That's a good one. So anyhow, that's what we're doing here. Uh, kind of just uh, tell me how busy you've been and uh, tell our listeners some of the different things that are happening around the country because we go from coast to coast and they'll all be able to go to different racetracks. Yeah, you're, you're correct, John. And that, that, that's what the goal of the PDGF is to make this coast to coast. Uh, there's 30-plus tracks running on uh, uh, August 1st. And all the tracks are participating in one way or the other. And uh, they're doing a variety of things. Uh, and each, this is our second year. And uh, what I'm seeing in the second year is the creativeness of the individuals and in doing different things. Here at Arlington Park, uh, which is kind of my home base, uh, they're doing a 5K run. And uh, they're hoping to attract all the local runners. And they're going to be running around Arlington Park. And they're going to have part of the backstretch area and just to give the runners a different viewpoint. So that's going to be exciting for them. I think uh, we could build on that elsewhere. Absolutely. That, that is really a, a good one. Now, one thing that we used to do, but they said uh, liability-wise we might stop it, is the dunking booths, which were very popular because who hasn't lost a race by a nose and not blamed the jockey? Well, they were always willing to pony up to put somebody in the water, and I think we got a couple of uh, dunking booths that are going to happen. I know uh, Gulfstream and uh, Delmar, I think, are both going to do that. You're correct, and uh, I believe that they're they're doing it in a couple other locations. And I think at Prairie, they're also doing sumo wrestling. Yes, yeah. I talked to Jeff Johnson Let's last talk about night. Creative. I mean, how hilarious is that going to be? Yes, it is. It's going to be interesting to see the videotape that goes across the wires that day. Um, now, uh, will you be kind of, uh, from what I understand. Uh, from an email I got today, you're asking the tracks that are doing something uh, that are going to, whatever they're doing, to try to, to send it to uh, pdjeff.org uh, and, uh, or your, your Facebook uh, Jockeys Fund. Uh, just uh, try to find out what's going on. Um, so I think that's going to be kind of neat for everybody to kind of tune in. But one thing is a good friend of mine is uh, Tom Lamara who works for the Blood Horse magazine. And I haven't seen it yet, but rumors are out that the limited edition PDJF Day magazine is sensational. Can you tell us about that? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that type of feedback because we're very, very excited about this. Um, yeah, we were able to collaborate with Blood Horse um, and develop a magazine, a commemorative edition for the PDJF. So it's from front to back uh, covering all aspects of PDJF, our recipients, Riders who are riding today who have had close calls, calls on, in, in, in horrific accidents, uh, as well as the many people who give and why they give and why they want to encourage other people to give. Um, there's a section in there that talks about a lot of the medical research that's going on in, in the medical community uh, pertaining to a lot of the, the types of injuries that our riders do sustain, the more serious ones. Um, so it covers, it covers everything. And, uh, you know, it's got great artwork. Thomas Allen Pauly, a good friend of the PDGF. Uh, he graced us with his talent, and he provided us a painting that contributed to the cover art for the uh, Blood Horse uh, magazine. And then there's a fold-out in there that he also contributed uh, a piece of his artwork to do. So it's a nice autographing piece for people to have as a, as a, as a keepsake. 
And uh, one thing I want to mention here that's it's also very important, uh, this magazine, uh, I'm dedicating this to Mr. Vic Zass. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Zass uh, was Mr. Saratogan. And uh, he he's the one that brought this to me. There's, a, there's an article in there about that. And, and it was his, this is his brainchild. And he came to me several years ago when I was running around at a PDGF event trying to get ready. And, and of course, you know how Vicky used to talk and he was passionate about something. And I told him, okay, we'll work on it. We'll get it done. And unfortunately, he's not here to see it because um, he passed last year. And But I'm um, commemorating this to, to him. Well, that, that is great. I'll, I'll tell you that I, I knew Vic personally. Uh, he was actually the brainchild behind what once was the Jim Beam spiral stakes. He was in the marketing department at Jim Beam, and he said, hey, we need to get involved in thoroughbred racing, and he brought that race to Latonia. And since then, as you know, it's become a legitimate Kentucky Derby prep. So that's where I first met Vic Zast, and then uh, mm-hmm. he's a Buffalo guy, and uh, my brother Bob knew him. So uh, and we've had him on as a guest here on Winning Ponies over the years. So I did not know that uh, he was uh, one of the brainchilds that kind of pushed him for something like this, and I, I think that's great, Nancy. Yeah, it is. He's my inspiration. He's getting this project done, and um, he said it, it'll be a home run. Well, like I say, it's his home run because I, I'm very proud of it, and I'm hoping that everybody responds to it. It's all, it gives out great information on the PDGF, and uh, I think it, it, it will uh, you know, obviously help people understand what we do and why we do it and why the industry as a whole, we need to support it. And uh, I think that uh, it also is going to provide a great fundraising me- fundraising mechanism because we are asking for a $10 donation um, to receive one of the magazines, and uh, I think everybody will enjoy having it. Well, I think it's neat. I know we're going to have it here at our track, and then we're also setting up a table uh, for the jockeys to sign. And, uh, you know, whether whether or not you're Johnny V or Perry Utes, people want to get a jockey's autograph. So I think it'll be uh, pretty neat. Now, um, the magazine, as I understand, if you can't get the local track, it's going to be available through www.pdjf.org in the coming weeks. Is that correct? In the coming weeks, it will be. Uh, Blood Horse is also supporting us. Uh, they're going to have this a part of the Blood Horse store online. Uh, they have the infrastructure for this, so if people want to get their magazine starting this weekend, it will be up there as well, I understand. And uh, so you, could buy, you can get it directly from going online at their store. Uh, shortly uh, after, I would say about two to three weeks after we launched this, uh, they will be available through the PDGF by taking requests, and we'll fulfill all those, those requests from individuals as well. Uh, okay, Nancy, I, I just want to give out uh, other uh, contacts or places uh, people can go to kind of stay tuned in. Not everybody is uh, near a racetrack. Um, I understand, uh, so would they go to uh, facebook.com slash jockeysfund or follow mm-hmm. you on Twitter at PDJFfund? Am I correct in giving that information that is, that is correct. That is correct. And we will be manning that, um, uh, the communications on that. And we're encouraging all the racetracks and their marketing media departments, as well as all the jockey colonies, to send us whatever they can send us is going on. So we could put it out there and uh, people could share in that and uh, see what we're doing across the country. And, it's, and, you know, it's creating a little movement, but I think more importantly, it's showing how we, we can come together for, for one common cause. Oh, it, it, it's great. And like I said, I'm behind you guys 100%. Uh, anything I, I can do for you, I, I will. Uh, I have personal friends that have been uh, beneficiaries 
of the PDJF, Gary Berzer's mm-hmm. a local guy that a lot of people know, and his brother mm-hmm. Alex. They both started out here in Cincinnati, um, and he's you know been able to get a lot of benefits from the PDJF. So, uh, Nancy LaSalle, I know you're going to be busy in the next uh, 48, 72 hours, so I certainly wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate you giving us the opportunity and the platform to share the PDGF with everyone. All right. And you take care of that shoulder of yours, okay? Thank you. All right. Nancy LaSala from the PDJF. I want to thank Brian Zipsky. And I want to thank you guys. Remind you to go get your easy win forms. We've been clobbering them. We got Delmar. We got Saratoga. We got tracks across the country. So, once again, overlooking the manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.